Okay, party people in the house. I know you're gonna dig this. Bands and butts. 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 Check it, check it out, y'all. I think I would honestly just look at Keith Richards' hands the entire time. It's a massive Vince Vaughn thumb. <laughs> really? Fans and buds. This one was like so much more collaborative and we all kind of got to experiment with different sounds. Like, Liza played a toaster on one song. But bands but and buds? Buds and bands? At the time, I was on the phone with my boyfriend and then Dave Grohl walks in our room. And I don't even think I said bye. I was just like, I gotta go. Hung up the phone. Click. Hey, we're the Beaches, and this is Bands and Buds. Jordan, Kylie, Eliza, and Leandra, the Beaches are with us. How are you guys? Hey, we're good. <laughs> kind of like a tiring week, I would think, in a Canadian rock band when you just announced that you're going to be opening for the Rolling Stones with the Glorious Suns. Feeling good about that? We're so excited. Yeah. Feeling yeah. good. <laughs> I, I need to hear about reactions. So where were you when you found out? What were you doing? We were on tour at the time and Kylie received a phone call from our managers and I remember walking in the room and she looked genuinely really upset and I was like oh no what's wrong like I started getting mad for her and then she hung up the phone she's like no it's great news and I fucking died <laughs> all the girls came running in and we were all just screaming and Leandra was last to find out she had just like freshly yeah. washed her face and then... yeah I was like can you just shut up <laughs> I need silence while I wash, wash my face watch your face Kylie are you like the person who always receives the calls from management is this a thing I mean I'm normally, I don't know. Everyone, she's the only one that'll yeah. pick up the phone. Yeah, <laughs> she's the business bitch. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love that. Okay, yeah. If we if we take it off stage for a while, I mean, you, you guys are all musically talented, but who plays what role in the band? So we got business bitch, social media bitch, <laughs> and comic relief, <laughs> and comic, comic relief. Yes. Okay. And um, Jordan's like kind of like our creative lady yeah really she's like really responsible for like a lot of well most of the songwriting like a lot of the imagery like that snake tongue yes <laughs> the imagery is solid exactly i'd also like to add that eliza is our like badass force and when we need a problem dealt with she deals with it she's the tough one yeah <laughs> like oh if God. there's shit going on and we need yeah. someone to settle it i'll call someone out if they need to be called out basically <laughs> but you maintain that professional uh line of right course, of course always, of course always, yeah. um Getting back to Snake Tongue for a second. So we have the aesthetic that's built around it, but the messaging in it for Jordan, I know it was a personal experience, but you're hoping that would empower more women. Uh, how, what was the reaction that you received from that uh, song? It's been mostly positive. Like, you know, I think there was a few sarcastic dick pics that we still got, but... Um, <laughs> this is just a sarcastic dick. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean... <laughs> a little airdrop. But I mean, most of the response uh, that we got was really positive and cool, and I think a lot of people appreciated um, that we were bringing up this, the subject and sort of sharing our own experiences with that. Because I think a lot of girls, you know, nowadays have to deal Feels with some that. unwanted attention yeah it's crazy actually like we played a show our last show of tour in uh, Washington DC with Passion Bit a girl came up to me after the show and said thank you so much for playing that song tonight because like I feel like it's a subject no one talks about and I've never felt so empowered listening just coming to a concert not knowing a band and hearing a song like this I feel really empowered yeah. so thank you and it's masked wow. in a like a fun groovy yeah. rock song too and yeah I mean that's that's what um I really like about the song you know it's it's a serious subject matter but we're not really you know two serious girls like we like to have fun and I think the song is empowering because of its tone that it's not preachy but 
still, you know, fun and a little satirical and Is there punchy. some uh, truth to what the song is written about in, uh, in any of your experiences? Um, we've gotten some pretty gross pictures over the years. Well, yeah. Jordan went on a coffee break the day we were recording that song, and she came back, and we actually had to rework the lyrics either way. And when she came back, she was like, guys, some dude just like stuck his tongue out and did the two finger thing. Like, I, I want to write the song about that now, like yeah, that I had to yeah. deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. Last year I was on a, I was running and this guy on a bike followed me on a side street where there was no one around just doing the tongue in between the V. Ew, gross. And I was like panicking. I'm like, no one's around and I'm literally on a run and this man is following me while doing that. It was just. Gross. Yeah, yeah, and, and my whole be- my whole thing with that symbol is like, does that work for people? Like, why, why would anyone, why would anyone, anyone do, do that? that? I think <laughs> there's a Seinfeld bit about that, about like how, like when guys are honking their horn or whatever at girls, it's like, what, what do you exp- like? What do you get from that? Like, <laughs> you want her to turn around? Like, yeah. what do you get? People don't understand like the new filters of 2019, apparently, yeah. but. Anyway, so Snake Tongue, uh, you've got this new EP out also called Mm -hmm. The Professional. Where did uh, the title of the EP come from? What's that all about? There's a a song that I think is going to be on the next EP that we release called The Professional. And I just thought it had, like, it was a strong name. Um, It sounded cool. It's like (laughs) prostitute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all right. That's not why. (laughs) No, I don't know. It just just had sort of... um, I don't know, an empowered tone to it that I yeah. think works with the the songs that are on The Professional. It just sounds really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a good word. Yeah. I know. Professional. It's a nice way to like come back with a sophomore album, I think, because yeah. you, you just, you always want to be improving, right? So professional is just, um, just kind of a solid word. I don't know. Sounds. Yeah, I think the definitions of that in terms of what people hear, it's changing as well. Like, what right. does that mean? It could be, uh, it could be good, it could be bad, but it also has, uh, I think it has multiple meanings. So um, I want to jump into the producers that you've worked with, because if you keep that sort of building off each album, um, what is going to be that jumping off point for, from uh, Late Show to the professional album when, when it's out? Well, I think that being able to collaborate with our dream producer, Jackknife Lee, during like writing the songs for this next installment of like or the music we're releasing, that really did change and um, help evolve our sound. Like it was a much more collaborative experience than we've ever kind of done. With our last album that we did, Late Show, Emily Haynes and Jimmy Shaw ended up producing it, but they kind of took a very different approach. Very simplistic, realistic, because they they really wanted to capture what we were like live. That was sort of the goal with Late Show. Mm -hmm. And we sort of have taken a different approach with producing these last few songs and even like recording yeah like we recorded all of late show in a live room and that's just like off the floor that's exactly what you hear there's not really like a lot of touch-ups like it's basically us the four of us playing in a room this one was like so much more collaborative and we all kind of got to experiment with different sounds like Liza played a toaster on one song yeah (laughs) and and want what you got no sorry Desdemona yeah there's a there's a toaster fun fact the snare is a toaster the snare (laughs) is a toaster that's so fun yeah so we all got to like experiment sonically with like the instruments and stuff and that was really a cool experience for us um this time around as you say that I'm thinking of the again the professional title and you guys are kind of 
kind of embodying that title now and being more involved and being more collaborative. So um, that's cool to mm-hmm. note. Um, that is cool. Maybe but, that should be your answer now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah um, but yeah, taking more ownership of those of your sounds and your own identity and the aesthetic as well. Um, I talk about lame, and the the song is I think the last song on the EP, mm-hmm. but it kind of still. It ramps up the the energy. It's it's still it maintains that energy throughout the EP. How conscious of you were uh, were you of building that through each song uh, on this EP of keeping that energy up, or maybe defining a different part of you with each song? Well, Leandra really was responsible for the sequencing of the record. Like one night, she stayed up and couldn't couldn't sleep and was thinking about it for. I a long was time. singing them in my head from start to finish. And like, what, <laughs> what sounds good next? What? Yeah, what should come next? It was a really weird night. Like sometimes we're just so hyped from playing a show, and then we have to go to sleep. And I'm like, I'm not ready to sleep. I never Gotta sleep. I feel like album. we could hang out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, it's one a.m. What am I going to do? Ooh, I have so much I could do right now. So I sequenced it in my head told them about it we didn't even listen to it we were just like sounds good yeah and it, then when it came out we listened to it and we we're like sequencing is really good it's really <laughs> strong sequencing an ep is easier than sequencing an album oh, yeah. too right? oh yeah because you have to consider like if if it's going to be released as a vinyl that there's going to be a flip like a physical flip so when you're spacing out like the ballads and the, the fast songs and there's like more material to go through it's a bit more of a process but when you only have five songs like alright don't downplay oh, no, no, my I'm not sequencing okay. I, think I think your sequencing is perfect no but but I it's think just a different approach that we've taken with these last two EPs because we're doing it in halves yeah. So, yeah. But I think lame is kind of the perfect way to sum up everything and leave it on like a fun party note. Like, leave it on my scream. At the yeah, end, literally the leave, leave it on us laughing yeah. and having the best time in the studio. So, what's a lame song about? <laughs> you know that guy <laughs> that yes. everybody knows him that just like plays acoustic guitar at a college campus, like in front of everyone? Sitting by the tree. Yeah. He's like a Chad or a Dylan. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, about that. it's about that guy. <laughs> It's about that guy that we all know. Yeah. But so it's, it's you're kind of calling him lame, but at the same time. Appreciating Chad for being Chad, you know. <laughs> I actually, every time I listen to this song, I, I get a different thing from it. I get like, it's kind of like this feminist anthem in a way because it's like, you know, after you hear snake tongue and all that stuff that women go through, then just hearing lame is just like a fun way. Kind of the tables are turning and it's like, now I have the power. I'm going to. It's just kind of like, I don't know, I feel empowered listening to it. That's cool. I didn't intend to write it that no, way. No, it's but. just like, yeah, I don't know. The influences on the sounds. So we, we talk, the, there was mention of James Brown, mm-hmm. David Bowie, uh, the Bengals. For Lame, though, I, I think, I don't know if you guys remember this band, but Elastica mm-hmm. reminds me a bit of True. that, some of the sounds I from them. But uh, Definitely hear that, too. I think a big one for Lame was also T-Rex. Like, we were really into that, like, 70s glam thing when we first were starting writing it. And now, we were, like, practicing it the other day. I feel like I'm in School of Rock when I play it. Like, it's just, like, (laughs) it's so fun and it's so simple, but yet there's something, like, really kind of special about that. Yeah, Lame we wrote, like, four, five years years ago, ago, whereas the other songs were, like, six months ago. Mm -hmm. So, Lame was, like, a different kind of... Different era. Yeah. Exactly. Were the Jonas Brothers in School of Rock? Was that is that the Jonas Brothers? No, that's Camp no, no, no. Rock. Oh, and I God, was all, yeah. I was also in Camp Rock. Whoa. Uh, Did you plan that segue? No. 
<laughs> are we now talking about the Jonas Brothers? Because I'm in. <laughs> well, if, okay, well, if you had to, because you guys are going to be opening for the Rolling Stones soon, Gloria Stones as well. If you had to put together a lineup, um, let's say three bands yeah. plus yourselves uh, to open a show, who would it be? Would the Jonas Brothers be one of them? <laughs> Are we headlining or are we you, one of the You're headlining, yes. Okay, we're headlining. Oh, yeah, then the, you're the Rolling Stones of this lineup. <laughs> got it. For got me, it. the Jonas Brothers can open for us. That'd be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> They'd bring the hordes of young girls. Oh, man, I would love it. Yeah. Okay, so you guys pick two more. Oh, this is hard. Oasis, and they get to be the first of three. <laughs> the Gallagher <laughs> Brothers are opening up. Nice. I love o that. Oasis gets to open up for the Jonas Brothers. Yes. <laughs> With their reunion yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, One more. That's pretty special, right? <laughs> just because, like, I just went to his concert and I love him a lot. Anderson Pack, so uh, that we could have a moment and he could, like, teach me some drum stuff. Cool. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. Well, you got to be thinking about, you know, what you're going to bring to your live set, especially at this Rolling Stones gig uh, coming up. What do you think would be different about this gig compared to when you normally play? Well, it's going to be, like, daylight and not a smelly, like, club. club. <laughs> so that's going to be pretty crazy. And I think, like, we're excited to see how many people actually show up like it's going to be probably the biggest show we've ever played yeah um so that's going to be like pretty crazy and overwhelming and exciting um also like the nerves are going to be absolutely crazy yeah. um because like obviously your the experience is yeah. just like mind-blowingly crazy that it's actually happening um but we just kind of have to treat it like we would at any other show and just like rock out and have fun and like do what we do best which yeah. is perform yeah. it's so funny I, I that's generally my answer to that question too like treat it like any other show and someone recently told me that um dave grohl there's a story in one of his um in like the foo fighters documentary about when they played wimbledon and dave grohl was like it's such a big show i can't treat this like every other show and so how he prepped for it was like watching queen's live video oh that's like, a great over place and over to start again yeah. to like sort of, you know, like attain that sort of energy and persona when he went on stage. So I don't know. I've just been watching the video about. of Mick dancing, the one from <laughs> over last and over week, again. over and over. <laughs> so you're going to channel that for yeah. the show. Yeah. <laughs> so those moves. why don't we rewind for a second? Uh, you guys opened for the Foo Fighters. Was mm -hmm. it last summer or the summer before? Last, last summer. summer. Okay, well, it was last summer. Did you have any run-ins with the Foo's? Yeah. yeah? Okay, yeah. How, how did that go? Wait, I think I was on the, f at the time I was on the phone with my boyfriend and then Dave Grohl walks in our room <laughs> and I don't even think I said bye. I was just like, I got to go. Hung up the phone. Click. Dave was so nice, like just so genuine and learned all our names and just, yeah, the nicest guy. He brought his daughter on tour and yeah. we met her and hung out with her. And This was before you went on stage or after? It was um, before. before. We, we and hadn't after. even had yeah. our makeup done yet. Yeah. Like I was warming up my hands on guitar and these guys were all in the bathroom. And we experienced on our last tour, like a lot of weird people like breaking into our dressing rooms and stuff. And I, I get so freaked out and so annoyed about it. And so I saw this guy come in and I was so focused on warming up, I wasn't even paying attention. And I was like, looked at him and I grilled him for like a good two minutes before I realized he comes and sit right, right next to me. And he's like, hey, I'm Dave, nice to meet you. And I just am giving him the biggest stink eye, like get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, are you serious this is happening when we're playing with the Foo Fighters? And then it was actually Dave. And you're like, oh, yeah. Crap. He was super nice, he smelled so good. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Okay, so if something like this happens backstage uh, with the Rolling Stones, okay, you have a run-in with Mick or Keith. Wow. What, <laughs> let's just say you got 
five minutes with yeah. someone from the band, what would you want to be chatting about? Um, I have no. I'd be just trying to convince Mick to make me his like bajillionth wife, probably. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's gonna I've be a proposal. Five minutes to pitch this to you. What do you think about spending the rest of your years with me? Still fertile. <laughs> I'm, I'm very close to the age of your other girlfriends. Yeah. You know, I'm a musician too, so I get the lifestyle. Uh, we can I, talk once a week. It's fine. I think I would tell Keith about how one time he served my mom a plate of food from his green room without even knowing. This is cool. Yeah, it's a real story. It actually okay. happened. Where did that happen? Um, I think at, well, mostly amphitheater, okay. I think could be wrong but yeah my mom's got diabetes and she needed to eat some food she didn't have anything so through a connection um her friend knew the stones and went and asked for a plate of food and keith put together a plate of food for that's my mom. so nice yeah. i think i would honestly just look at keith richard's hands the entire time because <laughs> have you ever looked at his hands i haven't what is there nope. to see that i haven't is it like a vince von thumb no it's it's a massive vince von thumb <laughs> really like just when people when celebrities have like weird yeah. like Steven Tyler, Steven Tyler's feet. Exactly. <laughs> just straight Nick Jonas's nipples, you know? Like it's just That was photoshopped. <laughs> it was photoshopped. But he has crazy crazy warped hands from playing guitar and just like is arthritis. I think it's just arthritis. No, we're going to pull up a photo and look, but at okay. the same time I would definitely just be in awe and ask yeah. him all about his Telecasters There they, you go. They're so cool. Fair enough. And last but not least, Dog. I honestly just want to listen to Gimme Shelter, the vocals only, and only the backup singers, so I would, that's all I want from them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is one of the most epically recorded backup vocals oh, of all so time, good. for sure. And the story, too, like, they, she was pregnant, they, they woke her. her up in the middle of the night, and, and she they wanted came, her voice. They wanted her voice. Yeah. rape and murder like this. And she's pregnant, she was like, what is this? Like, I don't want to sing this song. Yeah. It's so crazy, but it's the best. Well, I think we got to wrap up here, but uh, we'll leave you with like, hey, good luck. Not that you need it. You guys are killing it right now, but you're going to have an amazing time. Uh, what, what's the rest of the summer look like for you guys? Uh, right after the Stones gig, we fly out at like 8 a.m. to St. John, play a show there. and then Still doing the small shows. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Fredericton the next day for Canada Day. That's cool. <laughs> We're doing Kitabala. Yeah, yeah as well. we've, we've so. got a couple of festivals this summer, so like that'll be really fun. And then hoping to get back out on the road in uh, September, October. We're playing Riot Fest, which is like super exciting. Oh yes, in Chicago. Yes, yeah. I saw that. I might go. I might go. You should definitely Whoa. do it. The line is thinking, crazy. I was thinking like the best way to get a look behind the scenes at, at what goes on with the beaches would really be to be your roadie. So I'm gonna pitch this. <laughs> Absolutely, you're more than welcome. Yeah. Please. If you want to experience that terror, I'll, I'll bring a toaster. <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> well, have a great summer, guys. Uh, congrats you. on thank the new EP, you. and thank you so much for doing this. Thank Thanks you for having us. Having us. Bands and buds. 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 Check it out, y'all.